God has cast a prophetic vision of his last days church that shall not return void I want you to look at Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18 through 19 the Bible simply said this and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven and I've been sent by God to tell you I refuse and reject the false narrative of the enemy the church of the living God will not stumble through the pearly gates the church of the living God will not hobble into eternity the church of the living God will not come to the rapture wiping sweat from our foreheads and bandaging our mortal wounds the church the future of the church is declared in that latter part of Daniel chapter 11 and verse 32 and that's been burning in my spirit since late last night but the Bible simply said the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. The kingdom of God will not falter in this hour. And the kingdom of God will not fail in this final moment. We will not be fractured. We will not be frail. We will not be paralyzed. We will not be irrelevant. Somebody that believes the word of the Lord ought to get on your feet and let out a shout. Come on, somebody. Second Corinthians chapter 4 Paul gives us clarity about this apostolic reality flowing out of the prophetic words in Daniel chapter 11 and verse 32 because he said we are troubled on every side yet not distressed we are perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken cast down but not destroyed that's why Paul told Timothy for God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound
And I feel the Holy Ghost flooding this place tonight. You might feel like all hell has risen up against you. But God sent me here with his word that's going to pierce all of the darkness and divide it asunder. You are not leaving here the same way that you came. And if you believe the word of God, jump to your feet and shout yes come on you ought to shout like you believe it you ought to let something rise up inside of you God said to declare his prophetic words found in Isaiah 59 and 19 over every one of you tonight. The Bible said, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard Isaiah 59 was a prophecy of the coming of our Redeemer Jesus Christ. It was a prophetic declaration to God's people letting us know that his work on the cross would be a standard against the enemy. It means that what Jesus has done and what Jesus is currently doing cannot be overcome by your enemy. The triumph of Jesus on the cross has brought complete defeat to the enemy then and now that through the death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ the false authority of the enemy the false narrative of the enemy the smoke screens of Satan the weaponized distractions of your enemy they were brought down they were broken they were taken away and kingdom authority has been restored to the church the cross brought complete defeat to the enemy and the assurance of complete victory to God's people. This includes victory over all sickness, victory over all disease, victory over all anxiety, victory over depression, victory over frustration, victory over distraction, victory over the false narrative. Do you understand that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ broke the yoke. It wiped out the curse. That means that when God's people are born again of the water 
and of the spirit when we have repented of our sins when we have been baptized in Jesus name when we have been filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues in Colossians 2 and 14 Paul said the handwriting of ordinances that were against us that were contrary to us have been taken away the devil's weapons against us are irrelevant and have been completely destroyed the enemy's rule has been broken I wish somebody believed that here tonight kingdom authority has been restored to every believer Jesus not only conquered Satan and his forces but he spoiled them he stripped them of all their power and authority over mankind and as I told you Wednesday night God not only took the dominion and authority from the enemy but he restored dominion and authority to the church Now, we have the ability, right? And we have the permission to execute the power and dominion of the kingdom of God everywhere that we go. The devil no longer has authority over us. The devil no longer has authority in our cities, Brother Munn. Paul said the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ spoiled Spoiled principalities and powers. And oh, Brother Scott, the Bible said he made a show. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. In that death burial and resurrection of Jesus Jesus disarmed your enemies Jesus disarmed every principality and power Jesus made a public spectacle of your enemy Jesus triumphed over every enemy I tell you if you are engaged in a battle you don't think you can win you have the wrong perspective because the enemy that you're facing is already defeated I wish every believer would get on your feet and shout yes Come on, lift up your voice. I feel something. There's an understanding that's being released. Go ahead. Reach over and take somebody and say, I declare kingdom victory over you. I declare kingdom victory over your city. Say it out loud. You have triumphed. Say, I have triumphed. Speak the word. 
in Colossians 2 and 15. Somebody's trying to call me. Do they not know people have church at this time? What is their problem? Why aren't they in church right now? I like you, bro. Preach it. That's right. In Colossians 2.15, Paul was likening what Jesus did to the devil to what the Romans called a triumphant procession. The Romans would take a conquered enemy king or a defeated enemy general and they would strip him naked. They would tie this defeated foe to the back of a horse or a chariot and they would begin a parade. The Romans would mutilate their enemies. They would cut off the big toe of that king or the big toes of that general. They would cut off the thumbs of that enemy. So they could never wield a weapon or move combatively or strategically ever again. Do you understand? Do you see? Paul was likening what Jesus has done to the devil to what the Romans did to kings and generals that they broke. He said they cut off their thumbs so they could never pull. You can't hold a sword without a thumb. You can't do a bow without a thumb. You can't throw. Paul said, your enemy, no weapon that is formed against you can prosper. Why? Because Jesus Christ took the ability... The Romans would render their enemies ineffective, harmless as warriors. They would make them march in their victory parade so all of Rome would know. The enemy who had been a threat to you will never cause you trouble ever again. The Romans wanted everyone to understand that their enemy had been humiliated, broken, defeated, shamed, and rendered completely irrelevant. And I've been sent by the Holy Ghost tonight to tell you believers, you don't have to worry about Satan. You don't have to worry about principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world you don't have to worry about any spirit of infirmities their toes are gone their thumbs are gone their weapons are gone Jesus has done the same thing to your enemy he has completely 
defeated your enemy. He has given you authority to enforce his victory here on this earth. And hear the word of the Lord tonight. The Bible said in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13 and 14. And Moses said unto the people, fear you not. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen this day, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. God said to tell you, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn this brother Scott is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me saith the Lord every word spoken against you God said I have cast it down and it cannot raise up again and if you believe that get on your feet and shout yes every enemy that has frustrated you is cast down and cannot get up every paralyzed Come on, somebody. You need to shout. God has sent you a word. Your enemy is broken, humiliated, defeated. Lift up your hands. Begin to speak with other tongues. Let the Spirit, let the Spirit. Come on, come on, come on. The Lord said, I shall rise upon thee and my glory shall be seen upon you. I have come in the Holy Ghost to rebuke the lies of Satan. Get a hold of somebody next to you and begin to pray like you believe the enemy is defeated. You need to pray like you believe the enemy is broken. You need to pray like you believe the enemy is humiliated.
come on get a hold of somebody your enemy is being paraded in front of you tonight no thumbs no toes no ability to make war Come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. No weapon. I said no weapon. I said no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Come on. I've been young and now I'm old. Yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. they that know thy name will put their trust in thee for thou Lord has not forsaken them that seek thee I, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee saith the Lord rejoice not against me oh my enemy when I fall I shall arise when I sit in darkness the Lord shall be a light somebody needs to shout about it somebody needs to get a dance in your feet you need to When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. Through the rivers, they won't overflow thee. When you walk through the fire, you're not going to be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. And I love this. Jeremiah 1 and 19. And they shall fight against thee. Yeah. There's going to be a smoke screen of a battle. But it's not a real battle. The Lord does not have an equal. The enemy cannot contend with the king of kings. And the Lord, the Bible said, they shall fight against thee. But they shall not For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver you. No thumbs, no toes, no sword, no bow, no attack that can do you any harm. They can smoke screen a battle all day long. Paul asked the most ridiculous question. He said, what shall we say to these things? Paul wasn't talking about the enemy because only a fool talks to a broken enemy. 
Paul wasn't talking about the problems in society because only a fool gets messed up in the problems of society. He wasn't even talking about the lies of the enemy. Because only a fool believes the lies of an enemy whose thumbs are gone and toes are gone, who's tied to the back of a donkey. Romans 8. Paul takes 30 verses. Not to talk about the enemy, Brother Matt. Not to talk about his narrative. Not to talk about how to handle society. He spends 30 verses talking about the greatness, the victory, and the certainty of our future because of the sacrifice of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Stand with me. I'm done. Musicians, come on and do your thing. Listen to this. 30 verses of Paul running his mouth about the greatness of God. Verse 1, we have no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I've got conviction that draws me to the throne, but I don't have condemnation that pushes me out of the church. He said, if you're in Christ, you can shut off the narrative of the enemy. You don't even have to speak to it because he's a liar. If he's saying you're not worthy, that ought to tell you, oh, somebody has made me worthy. No condemnation. Verse 2, in Christ we've been made free from sin and death. Verse 3 through 6, those who walk in the Spirit have life and peace. Verse 10, in Christ the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11, but if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Twelve and thirteen, for if you live after the flesh you shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Paul's just running his mouth. Did you know how great God was? That's what Paul is saying to the church. If you were confused, let me clarify. For as many, verse 14, as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I remember when I was younger, it just popped in my mind. It's a terrible testimony. Honey, Sister Robinette, just, just pause it right now, baby, because you're going to hate this. I was, believe it or not, I had problems in school. I was always getting in fights. Lived downtown Chicago. I promise they weren't my fault, Sister Woodward. There were others that were causing problems, and I just wound up present. We had, ah, it's terrible. We had beat up this one dude. And uh, 
he had a brother in college so this is eighth grade but he had a brother in college and uh well we were living leaving school one day feeling pretty big and bad and bold because we beat up on this kid and out of the bushes came this college student he got me in a chokehold and had me on the ground sitting on top of me choking me out on the pavement He had thumbs and toes. We weren't in the church. Let me clarify. I wasn't raised in the church. My buddy, little Mexican guy, my friend, grabbed a board off the street in Chicago and drilled this college kid in the back of the head. And he let go of me and we ran all the way home. When I got in the door, I was bleeding. I had been choked. I had marks around my throat. And my dad, who is 6'5 and weighs a lot, he said, what happened? So I told him a version of the story that I felt like was important. I didn't think what happened the other days was relevant to what happened this day. My dad took me by the arm and he said, come on, son, let me teach you a lesson. Walked out the house, walked down the street where this boy lived. My dad rang the doorbell in downtown Chicago and the father answered the door. And my dad looked at that father and he said, your son has done this to my boy. And he said, now I'm going to do this to you. And my dad beat the snot out of that guy in the living room of his house with not full information but you are the sons of God if your earthly fathers you're the sons of God you're the daughters of the king if my daddy would walk into the home of some man that caused damage, don't you think that your heavenly father is on guard right now? That all you have to say is, hey, listen, I'm going through something. I don't understand it. I can't. received the spirit of bondage again to fear but you have received the spirit of adoption where you cry Abba Father verse 16 you're the children of God 17 you're the children then heirs heirs of God joint heirs with Christ 18 glory which shall be revealed in you 21 the bondage of corruption is broken and a glorious liberty is given to the children of God verse 24 we are saved by hope 26 the spirit also helpeth our infirmities the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered 27 maketh intercession for the saints 28 and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are called according to his 
verse 29 for whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren verse 30 moreover whom he did predestinate them he also called and whom he called them he also justified and whom he justified them he also glorified that's why Paul said what shall we say to these things if God be for us part of the verse what shall we say to this Paul said I'll tell you what to say if God be for us who I want every believer in this room to quickly step out in the aisle and come and fill this altar every believer in this room because of the knowledge not the fear of the enemy not the fear of the enemy but Pastor Shaw he said because of the knowledge of the greatness of the king what shall we say if God be for us who can be against us that's why he followed it up with verse 33 who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect it is God that justifieth who is he that condemneth it is Christ that died yea rather that is risen again who is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation no because I'm not distracted by that shall distress shall persecution shall famine shall nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter but nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved I am persuaded how about you are you persuaded Paul said what do we say to these things he said I'm persuaded dude he said I just spent 30 verses telling you of the greatness of the king I'm persuaded my enemy has no thumbs my enemy has no toes I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God 
which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I wish somebody would lift up your voice and shout. So listen to me. We're going to respond the way that Paul responded. If God be for us. I'm tired of letting the enemy live rent free in my mind. He has spent way too much time whispering things that are not true. He's broken, mutilated, defeated. He is on the back of a horse. No toes, he cannot move, and no thumbs, he cannot bear a weapon. And yet we still let him live rent-free in our minds, hearts, spirits. Tonight, we're going to shut the door. You know what happened at the end of that triumphant parade? They would either cut off the enemy's head or they would hang him high. But his end was certain. So tonight, we're going to shut off our minds and our hearts to the voices of a broken, defeated, mutilated enemy. And we're going to believe that the Lord is for us and nobody can be against us. We're going to say out loud, I cannot be moved. I cannot be shaken. I cannot be defeated. I've got power. I've got authority. I've got ability. I've got permission. I've been anointed. Just a minute. Everybody in this place is going to lift up our hands as high as we can. We're going to begin to shout with a voice of triumph as loud as we can, like we know in whom we believe. You're going to shut off the lies of the enemy with a shout that declares the certainty of the king. When you begin to shout, we're going to speak the word of faith. And when I shout hallelujah, that's going to be the final straw for your enemy. Whether God takes a sword to his throat or whether he puts a rope around his neck, I don't know what he's going to do. But I can tell this, his voice will end immediately. No more depression, no more frustration, no more uncertainty. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who? Lift up your hands right now and lift up your voice and begin to shout as loud as you can. Here it comes. Here it comes. By the authority of the Word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus, your enemy is broken, mutilated, 
defeated in the name of Jesus hallelujah get a hold of somebody and shout with me God is in control 